Hey, Alan. Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Oh, it's going. You know, I just got here to the You Never Heard This studios, driving, uh, you know, God, I'm like half an hour south At least, of where right? we record, and, uh, you know, I got to find something to fill that time, and sometimes I'm just not interested in music and uh, or, or a podcast. Sure. Uh, so I decide to put on a little audio book, and you'll never guess who I listen to. Who? Audible. Oh, I should have known. Know I should have known. I use Audible too. Do you? I do. Yeah, you're you're a maintenance guy. You're probably yeah. listening to them yeah, all the and time. I can't always find time to read. It's so. true. Yeah, yeah. So Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one place, and you will always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. Uh, they offer an incredible selection of titles across every genre, from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs. I myself have been listening to The Storyteller by Dave. Grohl. I've heard that's good. Narrated by Dave Grohl himself. That's fantastic. I'm so pissed that that guy is not only a talented drummer, guitarist, <laughs> singer, but he's also a talented writer. Um, so, you know, it includes thousands of podcasts even. Uh, we're yeah, on there. Right, yes. We are Which on is there. crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Uh-huh. Um, what, what, what do you love about Audible? Um, I've used Audible because I walk a lot mm-hmm. to stay healthy. And I, again, I can't carry a book and read it while I'm walking. Right. So I love listening to, I've listened to It by Stephen King, mm. um, and I've listened Spooky. to others. Yeah. That's great. So you know, that's the thing I love about the Audible app is it makes you makes it easy for you to listen anytime, anywhere, uh, while you're traveling, working out, walking, doing chores, you get to decide. Uh, so guess what, guys? You get to try Audible for free for 30 days. Heck yeah, that's awesome. No purchase necessary figure out if you like it and uh it's it's only uh 7.95 a month after that that's uh it's a pretty good deal if you ask me i think so too yeah so you know 2022 it's all about celebrating our newfound self-awareness making positive changes and audible helps make space for what matters to you it's a destination for your wellness whether you're looking to soul search be inspired work towards new goals unwind or simply be entertained and we've had time to figure out what truly makes us happy and with audible we can have more of it so if you're interested in that 30-day free trial just visit us at audibletrial.com neverheardpod what's that url Kurt? that's audibletrial.com neverheardpod get listening do it please bye <laughs> What's up, Paul? What's up, Alan? Not much. Just recording a podcast. Sweet. Isn't that great? That's so good. Hooray. Uh, how you feeling after that last album? Oh, I'm feeling better. I'm actually deleting all of the, <laughs> all notes, of the notes I had on the record. <laughs> so my, my iPad will be happier as well. Good. Oh, I feel good, so good. Good riddance. There oh, it goes. There it goes. It's like it's never happened. That one was rough. Sorry yeah. again, Kirk, for <laughs> shitting all over this hey, album. Don't. Don't do that to me. It's just, just it's yeah, the I mean, defense just stop, mechanism. Stop picking bad albums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kirk, I realize, would be going nuts if he was here right now because he's a huge cat person. Yeah. We got all the cats. He's missing out. Got Two cats. cats. Little cats. Yeah. What? All, all the cats. cats. That's that's Paul's wife, Kelly, Hello, in the background Kelly. there. Kelly, say hi. Hi, guys. Hi. Yep. Um... What's what's new since <laughs> two minutes feeling ago? Feeling better, feeling lighter, happier. The sun's out now. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, we've made it to the other side. 
But um, I kind of like just because I'm kind of spiteful. Like, I want to go like set something on fire. I want to go <laughs> yeah. light the Amazon on fire. Yeah, let's just go like do a, it just to spite. Just, f- just spite to spite Gojira. Go cut down a tree. In the Maybe Amazon. they'll write a song about you. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he cut down the tree. <laughs> 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 Is that the Good new bet. Gojira track? Yeah, it is. Wow. It's, it's unreleased. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's I just still couldn't in, help it. It's still in demo form. Yeah, but it's going to sound exactly like that. Yeah. So. Um, so, obviously, since things have changed a little bit, this was an album for Kirk that he had never listened to. Had you listened to this one before? Hell yeah. Okay, good. Good, yes, good. So this is, is going to be a fun early... episode. Yeah. Yes, um, we are... Oh, well, what are you drinking? Are you drinking some Topo Chico again? Yeah. Same. Tropical mango. I'm tasting some coconut in there. Some notes. <laughs> that sounds like a douche. Pineapple. Well, that's like on um, the office with the. Oh, it's the... Okay. I got an oaky afterbirth. <laughs> yes, when Michael's trying to talk about wine. And when uh, the dude in the warehouse, the Asian who makes the the coconut energy drink for homosexuals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Less oh, penisy or something. Like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daryl, like I liked it better without the penis. <laughs> without the penis. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, that's what we're drinking because yep. we're we're hardcore. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, the album that we are listening to that if Kirk was here, he wouldn't be familiar with is oh, it's a classic. I know you mm. should listen to it anyway, Kirk. I mean, you if, I don't even know if he I did think or he if did. he didn't. Okay, cool. Uh, it's called Marquee Moon by Television. I have definitely heard this. Yep. One and a two and a one two three four. Hey man, there's this band I love And I know you love them too But you're just shaking your head Like you haven't got a clue What are we gonna do about it? I've got an idea Start a podcast and talk about it While sipping on a beer You've never heard this You've never heard this You've never heard this You've never heard this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, sir. Television. Uh, let's talk about television. They're an American rock band from New York City. Uh, they were most active in the 70s, uh, and their most prominent lineup was Tom Verlaine on the vocals and guitar. He passed away in January, very, very recently. Yep. Uh, Richard Lloyd was on the guitar. Billy uh, Fica on drums, Fred Smith on the bass. Uh, they were an early fixture at CBGB. Uh, critics called them New Wave, but they were influential in punk and alt-rock scenes. Um, they are known for their clean, improvisational uh, music, uh, instrumental, excuse me, technically proficient. Um, they drew a lot of influences from jazz and 1960s rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so Verlaine met Richard Hell of the band The Voidoids in Hawkesson, Delaware. They both moved to New York City separately to be poets in the 1970s. Um, he formed, uh, excuse me, Verlaine formed Neon Boys with FICA in, from 1972 to 73. Formed television in 1973, recruiting Richard Lloyd uh, as the guitarist. Hell came up with the name as a pun on tell a vision, as well as a reference to reclaiming dominant, the dominant media of the era. Uh, their manager, Terry 
Orc persuaded CBG owner Hilly Crystal to give the band a regular gig uh, at the time CBGB. Uh, well, the CBGB stands for Country Bluegrass and Blues, so this band was definitely not uh, any of that. So Richard Hell and Verlaine split uh, songwriting almost equally with uh, Richard Lloyd contributing. Tensions grew as Verlaine, Lloyd, and Fika gained confidence and skill at their instruments, um, and Richard Hell did not. Uh, and uh, actually, Hell even defiantly refused to learn his instrument better. Um, so combined with Richard Hell's frenzied demeanor on stage, uh, taking attention away from the songs, Hell left, and Fred Hill replaced him on bass. Uh, Marquee Moon was released on February 8th, 1977 on Elektra. Uh, it was their debut album. Produced by Verlaine and sound engineer Andy Johns, uh, frequently cited as one of punk's most influential albums. Yes. Hard to categorize at the time by critics and often hailed as, quote, something entirely original, a new dawn in rock music. Themes of adolescence, discovery, transcendence throughout, uh, urban pastoral, nocturnal imagery, uh, interplay, melodic lines, counter melodies. Uh, it was unheard of in the punk of the era, uh, which kind of was one of the things that made it very um, uh, trailblazing. Yes. Um, where did you first hear this album? I first heard this album off of. Um, oh, I don't see it. Um, I first heard this off of Minor Threat, uh, just in like middle school. Um, I was into the more like post emo. That's when I got into like balls deep of like rabbit trailing off of records. Like, where did they get influenced from? And then like go down the family tree. Because um, Minor Threat just led me back to like political type, uh, or Minor Threat was my political music. And then mm-hmm. I was like, where'd they get that from? And then I like went back to quote unquote, well, kind of like the beginning of like American punk music, which was obviously CBGB's. Um, and I had been aware cause like my, my dad was into like a bunch of the British invasion bands, which obviously influenced 60s, 70s punk music. Cause like that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. So technically the answer is minor threat, but um, I'm sure I heard it like from my dad, but on my, like I first got my own television CD uh, because I found them off of uh, Minor Threat yeah. in sometime in middle school. Nice. So. Um, way more recent for me. Not recent, recent. As in, more recent than you. Um, I think probably like nine years ago was uh, on some playlist on that Spotify put together of like early punk music. Yeah. Um, and it's actually the first track on the album was the first one I ever heard. Um, actually... No, that's not true. Um, I got a book. It was the Pitchfork 500. Oh, and it cool. was just talking about their like top 500 songs yeah. from like, I think the first song is David Bowie's Heroes. Nice. And then it goes all the way through like 2006. So um, the title track was actually on um, or in that book. Uh, so that was kind of my first exposure to them. Um, but I say we get into it. Yeah, so let's do it. Uh, track number one is called See No Evil. (laughs) 
Banger Absolutely. of an opener. Um, talking about the morality of one's actions through the lens of see slash hear slash speak no evil. Mm-hmm. Um, very impressionistic lyrics. Uh, I mean, I want to fly a fountain. <laughs> I want to jump a mountain. Um, I want a nice little boat made out of ocean. Obviously, Tom Verlaine moved to New York to become a poet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very obvious in his lyrics. Um, this, oh, we gotta turn it up. I love this solo. feel like a uh, like a boomer when I say this because like back when <laughs> men were men but this is like back when solos were solos yeah because this is like it's not British invasion so it's not like just rock because it's punk so it's like mm-hmm. it's blended so perfectly oh sure it's yeah so good well, and it's you know it goes back to you know, what I what I read in like the band bio is like Richard Hell had no interest in learning how to play like that yeah which is why he left the band yeah. and the other three guys were like no we want to be good at this yeah. like yeah it's punk music which probably you know didn't even have a definition at the yeah. time, but you know they uncharted were, territory. Yeah, completely. yeah. They just wanted to kind of pave the way and do their own thing. Um, let's go on. Didn't? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you have? Do you have any anything? Um, I had a well, first. Oh, well, I saw you kind of broadcasting your notes on the TV. I did not know that Tom Berlin helped build the stage. That's what I was going to. I believe he. I think. He, he, I had to get on the Google machine, but I believe I he you. literally helped like physically hand build the stage in 1973, if I remember that correctly. Because they were one of the first like staple bands in there. And I think he, he literally. Yeah, it says, the elusive founding fathers of New York punk literally built the CBGB stage in 73. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, did I ever tell you I got to go to CBGB like months before it closed? That's so awesome. Yep, uh, awesome. I was there on a high school trip in 2006 in April, and I think it closed like October of that year. Yeah, they shut it down shortly after, and then it sold out. Yeah, but that's that's so yeah. cool. It uh, it became a John Varvatos, uh, Varvatos like yeah. boutique. Yeah, they did apparently one of the walls. Um, they they saved like a ten. I think it's like a ten by ten chunk of the wall like it's mm-hmm. behind glass or plexiglass or yeah. something but it's like there's like a punk corner right. to the wall because every like i'd still if i'm ever in new york city it's like i'm going to that store oh to sure touch just to the see wall. it yeah yeah and like oh. the the um what's it called the awning outside yeah was saved and it's i think in like the rock and roll hall of fair museum or yeah i know like fat mike just opened up the punk rock museum in vegas yeah. so i would imagine it's probably there now i hope it's there um it deserves to be there um absolutely yep. <laughs> all right track number two is called venus 
I love that that line. I fell into the arms of Venus Demilo. Do you know the Venus Demilo is the statue? I do not. It's it's like that famous statue of like the lady with no arms. Like the arms oh, like came okay. off yeah, at some point, yeah. so like falling into the arms of Venus, like they're not there. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Which I thought that was. I just thought that was funny. Um. Yeah. Okay. Kelly knew. I didn't nice. know. No. Nice. Kelly's smart. Punk. You're so punk. Yeah. Um. So we've kind of touched on it already, but like they were weird, weirdly proficient. Yeah. With their instruments for the genre, because usually it was like as loud as possible. Yeah. Just play fast loud and, and loud. Like yep. Sex Pistols didn't even know how to technically play guitars, but they just like slammed right. the shit oh, out of them. Especially Sid Vicious. Like, yeah, he for sure. Famously he, didn't know yeah. how to play his bass. Yeah. He's just like, I'm just going to like bleed all over it and yeah. call it good. Um, the lyrics are also like unusually introspective for the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, Which, they, had, they had the mixture because like I, I didn't know that they had moved or I didn't know that there was bands before this. So they wanted to be like poets or I didn't know yeah. any of that. So mm-hmm. like that makes like. Because on my notes here, I had like they had like the jazz, like I knew I knew I didn't know he had bands or different, like I knew he was a writer, but um, the, yeah, there's just a lot, yeah, to, yeah. It's a it's a lot to unpack, and yeah. I tried not to like write too many notes because I would have been writing forever. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's I mean they were just doing stuff nobody else did yeah which kind of set them apart yep all right uh i love this song uh track number three is called friction Descending riff. Yeah. This is very like. Do you ever listen to Susie and the Banshees? No. Aw. Oh, gotta listen to Susie and the Banshees. Alright. Yeah. Uh, we did an, uh, an episode on them. Okay. Um, actually, it was the one right before that uh, typo negative episode oh, okay. you liked. Um, yeah. So, the very clear inspiration for their guitarist, John McJeff. Uh, okay. that, that line, like, it's just very kind of like weird descending, like intervals between notes and i don't know it's just uh i like it um i like the 
because of how introspective and how like poetic these lyrics are, it's weird to hear like double entendre. You know, when he's like, "You complain of my dick, shun." Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's just just it's kind of out of place, but I like it. Um, and I think it it helps that his lyrics are so introspective and kind of weird and off because he's not the best singer. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps that you have something else to like focus on when he's singing. Yeah, it's the uh, that's what I had I had was thinking about because like he's that's why I feel like the kind of like without him knowing he was starting punk like that's kind of why it fits so perfectly. Yeah. Because also this this is the the first track on the record that I think is a little more tougher or like edgy because like uh-huh. before CBGBs they were playing at a, at a place called uh, yeah Max's Kansas City Room which was it didn't last super long but that's like where a lot of the quote-unquote like punk bands started out before launching off at CBGB. So like that's where I feel like that's where the attitude, like that influence would come into CBGBs. Or, like that's where it would come for this song. Like it kind of carried off of pre-CBGBs. Yeah. Even it's just, it's, it's hard to, to talk about. Cause like they invented punk. So you can't quote much punk. Like you can't say, Oh, they got it from, another band because like they started it or they right. were one of the found so like it's it's hard to like i know they're like you know they're it's new york city it's like it's just it's hard to to frame it i guess is the yeah well this song kind of like has like a new york city sound it's very yeah. seedy yeah i don't know like and it's a you could tougher al- it has an attitude yeah yeah you could almost say too like because other punk bands they did the opposite. They decided not to go the, the route that television was going. Yeah. Except for, like, you know, there's obviously very clear inspiration. I think I would imagine they inspired each other, but television and talking heads. Oh, like, absolutely. This is a talking head yeah. song. This could be a talking yeah. head song. 100%. Um, with just, like, kind of the driving bass line. And, yeah. And, you know, and just the drummer weird symbols yeah so it's like, guitar focused yeah 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 um and they you know talking heads were playing cbgb around the same time too yes so did you ever watch the movie oh the cbgb movie yeah with alan rickman yeah <laughs> playing hilly crystal yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god i can't i almost oh. spoiled i almost spoiled the song um easily one of my f- favorite yeah. songs ever uh so we should just yeah we should just get into it. it i yeah. can't i can't wait yeah
I didn't want to turn it down, but this song is almost 11 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got, I think, the most plays, uh, streams for them on Spotify. It has 43.6 yeah. million yeah, streams. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I, I love this. Uh, so um, in a 1977 interview with Caroline Kuhn for Melody Maker, Tom Verlaine said that this song, he said, Marky Moon was written about three years ago, and actually it had 20 verses to it. <laughs> he said, it's a song I used to yeah. do on acoustic guitar. Um, so the first known recording of the track was done in 74 by their manager, Terry Ork. Um, by the time that version of the track was recorded, most of the song was properly composed. Another, this was awesome. Another scrapped demo was also recorded in 1974 by Brian Eno. Oh, really? Uh, who looked to experiment with the group after they were briefly signed to Island Records. Uh, but they were unsatisfied with the results and they rejected the demo along with a handful of others that were recorded by Eno. Um, and God, I wish I could hear those. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, turning it up. Um, so after gaining a newfound popularity due to the band's presence at CBGB, it prompted television to pursue recording a full length studio album, um, because of Andy John's work as an engineer, rather than producing, uh, he allowed Verlaine to have full control, which worked in Verlaine's favor. Um, by the time the band finished recording the song, their drummer thought the band was only rehearsing. (laughs) <laughs> and when Andy Johns asked to do another tape, Tom Verlaine refused. So this is yeah. like them just basically jamming and rehearsing. Um, so awesome. Uh, let's see here. I yeah, man, I just think this song is gorgeous. It's yeah, it's just absolutely. This beautiful. is one of the most notable CBGB old New York. This is like one of the most known like heritage punk songs. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's the only jam song that I like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, what did I? Oh, I wrote R.I.P. Tom Berlin. Yeah, he died January 28th of this year of prostate cancer. Ah, yeah. Um, Richard Lloyd said there weren't many bands where the two guitars played rhythm and melody back and forth like a jigsaw puzzle. That's what he said. Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't have picked that up because I know that's not what I yeah. listened for, but that's cool. It's two Very guitars cool. just kind of talking to each other. Yeah, well. It's a hell of a way to finish the first half of the episode. Yeah. Say so we take a break cool. and we'll come back. Hey, you've never heard this, listeners. This is Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast invading your space to ask you to give us a spin if you like movies. And I'm Matt, joining Trevor to ask you to join our cult. May not be a cult. Is definitely a cult. On the Nighthawks podcast, we cover new movies, old movies, great movies, so bad they're good movies, and movies from Norway. One movie from Norway, one time. You keep bringing up the Norway movie. One time so far, Trevor. Yes, so far. And it's a really good movie from Norway. It is a good movie from Norway. It's got Stellan Skarsgård. Look, this is a promo for the Nighthawks podcast. Do you want people to listen to the podcast, or do you want them to watch In Order of Disappearance? 
can we do both? Wasn't the point of covering an order of disappearance on the podcast to get people to watch it? Fair enough. Watch an order of disappearance, then afterwards listen to our Nighthawks podcast episode about it, or any of the over 100 other movies we've covered. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. We're back. Yep. To finish up a great album. Dude, this <laughs> Dude, we're halfway through the album and uh we've only been recording for twenty six minutes. <laughs> this is gonna be a short episode. <laughs> awesome. Uh I mean, there's really nothing else to say. I think we just get back into it. Yeah. With track number five. It is called Elevation. <laughs> What you got, Paul? This this is the one track, because now that I'm back to records I enjoy and love, this <laughs> is the one track I could go without if I had to. I think really? lyrically, it's awesome. The uh, like uh the the last word is the lost word, so why don't you say so? Like mm-hmm. I really like the I really like the lyrics. And now learning more that he was aiming for poetry before yeah. punk music or creating punk um that makes more sense so that was cool to learn but so lyrically really like the song but like as i've said before it's like i don't like stop and go and changing like more jazzy type sure stuff so like the song but if you had to if i had one. to ditch one this is the one i would ditch that's fair that's fair um the opening guitar not the deep but the other like riff reminds me of red hot chili peppers for some reason see i'm i know like the bangers i'm not too familiar with them yeah i mean it's one of their singles that it reminds me of and i just can't i think not uh californication i think is what it reminds me of okay um and then somebody else on genius thought that the other guitar part was love fool by cardigans I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, you'll you'll know the song. Let me play it. I'll I'll show you a little bit. Oh, 
Okay. There we go. All right. And I'm a little mad that they think that because I'm like, damn it, they're right. Yeah. Um. All right. Track six. Okay. This is going to be a short episode, guys. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. After the last one. Yeah. Uh, suffer party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, track six is called Guiding Light. Yeah, Christmas is fuck. Yeah, huh. we're not talking about the production of this album enough either. Yeah, it's just you can hear so, every instrument. I, because I personally like high treble and high boost is how, or high bass is how I do everything. So I love this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're like in the garage with them. It's so cool. It's the Seinfeld bass. Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's obvious how how many of these bands were just inspired by each other. Yeah, because this like this gives me like Patti Smith vibes. Yeah, I put a huge Dylan. Yeah, Dylan vibes. Because again, like learning the poetry, a lot of my notes make more sense. Uh huh. Dylan Um, vibes. The piano kind of gives off like Bruce Springsteen, as much as I don't really like the boss. Yeah. But um, that's kind of what it reminds me of, like E Street Band type stuff. Um, also, like, sounds like a Randy Newman song. A tiny bit, maybe <laughs> a, a bit. tiny bit. Maybe it's just the piano that gives me gives. This gives is office. this track I put is my biggest sleeper track on the record. Like, this would probably be a playlist one. Oh, sure. Because I like to do those kind of not the singles. Yeah, we we try not to do the singles either. Sometimes it happens just because they're just any undeniable. Of them. Uh, yeah, you yeah. just kind of have to. They're a single for a reason. Yeah. Um, what track was it I saw on your notes where you said his he played his guitar till it fell apart? Oh, that's just uh, that was just a notes thing I threw on. I don't, it wasn't a specific, that's just something I hid. I again, I believe it's true. Yeah. Um, so to the Google, I'll go, but there was word or urban legend that he played his jazz master until it physically. Oh, just broke yeah. and could be on repair. Well, you get so. to you get to be the the victim of one of our favorite things to do on you've never heard this, and it's uh, we say the name of the next track in regards to the previous thing you said. So um, you need to Google it. So we're gonna go to track number seven. Prove it.
This one's where I just almost forgot to turn it down. Yeah. Because I was so into it. Um, they're such a tight band. Yeah. And they're definitely one that, like, you have those bands where you're like, God, I wish I could have seen them live when they were still around. Yeah. Like, would have been so cool. Yeah. See them at CBGB. Yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Because be, you would have no idea. No idea. Yeah. No. Man. This is, okay, so according to the Google... Yes, he played his guitar until it physically fell apart because his jazz master was from 1958, <laughs> and he wouldn't let go. So wow. it had tons of modifications, and he just played it. Because, I mean, this record was recorded in 70, uh, 74, uh, no, I 77, know. I think. Let me look. Oh, shit, yeah. So this record's like... Uh, yeah, it came out in 77. Uh, yeah, it's... Well, it's recorded in 76, probably, because it came out in oh, yeah, February yeah. of 77. So, I mean, he probably played this same 50s guitar for 20-plus tw- years doing shit that had never been done. Like, <laughs> right. I do believe the legend that it fell apart. Yeah, or like used on... to be his dad's or something. Yeah. yeah. 58 Jazz Master through the 70s and 80s. Yep. That's nuts. That is nuts. Way to prove it. Yeah. Just Thank like you, Internet. Song, just like the song said. It's on the Internet, so it's true. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Um, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Uh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that was on the Internet, right? That's... Wait. Wait. Do you agree with this or do you not? I don't know. I haven't done enough research. Oh, so you know. don't... I know you're a truther. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Jet fuel does not melt steel beams. <laughs> Kelly? We've had, we've had a couple... We gotta get um we're gonna we gotta get Chelsea on here to talk oh, about yeah. this. Dude, all you have to do is say that and she'll be bonded you. on. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of our we started a whole list when we were working really hard. Uh we spent like a whole <laughs> four hours, half of our day writing down conspiracy theories and if we believe it. and then we involved customers and like how we haven't been nice. to the moon, things like that. Yeah. So That's it funny. was great. Love it. Alright, last track. <sighs> Sadly. I know. Torn curtain. theatrical draw it's an awesome outro
Um, I'm gonna fast forward it a bit to the solo that Tom Verlaine plays at the end. Yep. Do everyone a favor. About to get an education. Tasty treats. Uh, what did I write down here? Genius had something to say about this. One sec here. Torn curtain. Uh, so it's thought that this song was written and first performed after Richard Hell left the band. And the title is a reference to the 1966 Alfred Hitchcock film of the same name. Uh, recorded versions of this song go back as far as 1975. Oh. Sure. If we looked hard enough, we could find uh, we could find these recorded versions that Spotify probably doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Just not, not a lot enough. on Spotify. No, no. Oh man, what a good record! Beautiful record. Breath of fresh air after the last one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if we didn't listen to that dumpster fire before, this is a this is an absolute staple in musical history and the shifts in creation of punk music and there's i mean there's even elements of like surf rock yeah in here because like the west Coast, like in the 60s obviously cbgb's is like the found like punk music started on the east coast after the british invasion but like you know there's sounds of like the doors in here like in a good way not like gojira did it ugh. Yeah, there's like there's West Coast influence going like it's a perfect blend of literal just music mm-hmm. excellence. Yeah, on this record, this is a very important record for yeah. so many reasons. Hundred uh, percent. We we really hope you were educated if you'd never heard this before. Yeah. Because um, it's it's super important, and you may not have liked it, and it's not for everybody. But uh, if you're a bitch, <laughs> so you're if wrong. You don't like music. Yeah. If you don't care about you know art or yeah if you don't crying yeah if you don't admit that you cry yeah um yeah that's it uh do you want to pick the playlist pick i'll let you handle it because i took took that last one so yeah that's true this is all you um god i mean we were just talking about how we don't do like the big hits or singles or anything but But marky moon is just undeniable (laughs) yeah it's i mean just it's a perfect song so 44 other million people and I mean, it's, it's going to be another six months be. before I put it on the playlist anyway. So, yeah, true. so just <laughs> so, go look it up. Yeah, go, go look it up. Cover to cover on this record. Marky Moon. Yeah. Do it. It's a good Beautiful. one. Let us know what you thought. Uh, neverheardpod at gmail.com. And Instagram, neverheardpod. Facebook, neverheardpod. Try and hit you back. That's it. Yep. That's all we got. Later. Bye.